Welcome back everyone to the podcast series brought to you by the International Arbitration Group at Denton's. With more than 40 partners and 120 lawyers, our group is widely recognized globally, trusted by corporations, states, and high net worth individuals for their most challenging international arbitration matters. In our last episode, we were joined by Ferris Shahabi, where we looked into the latest and most impactful developments in UAE arbitration. Today, we explore current issues and developments in Saudi Arabia. My name is Rachel Howie. I am the co-lead for litigation and dispute resolution in Canada and a co-lead for the Canadian ADR and arbitration group. Hi everyone, and I'm James Langley. I'm a partner in Denton's London team, specializing in commercial and investor state arbitration. And we're pleased today to have with us um, Dean Ryben and Paul Prescott. Welcome to, to Dean and Paul. Dean is a partner and co-head of the Middle East Construction and Dispute Resolution Practice. And Paul is a partner in the Middle East Construction and Dispute Resolution Practice with a focus on advising clients and investors in doing business in Saudi Arabia. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome both. Question number one to kick us off. What are the biggest challenges and opportunities facing the construction sector in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia as of today? Well, thank you for that, James. Yeah, I'll say in the Saudi Arabia, um, Saudi Arabia's uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman unveiled the national vision in 2030, which is the uh, national agenda for economic and social reform. And it's aimed at launching a new era of investment in Saudi Arabia that will accelerate diversification, plug the housing shortage, open up tourism, and expand KSA's manufacturing base. Many of these investment opportunities are emerging, particularly in respect of the real estate giga projects. And some of these giga projects, which you may or may not have heard of, include the Neon Future City, the Quidia Entertainment City, there's Diria Gate, which is a historical site in Diria, uh, not far from Riyadh, and the Red Sea Project. And there are also numerous other giga and mega projects being announced which seek to transform KSA and bring economic development to the kingdom. There will obviously be uh, challenges for the construction sector and for the investors and business coming to Saudi Arabia. Um, And some of these obvious challenges will be importing construction materials, finding um, people with the right skill set to deliver these projects. But overall, um, this will be good for the region. And again, the legal framework is constantly evolving to make KSA an attractive market to do business and attract investors and international contractors to deliver these giga projects. I don't know, Dean, if you've got anything further to add to that? No, I I would really echo that. And I think, you know, you, you laid out the context and the hugely ambitious agenda that the kingdom is following. And I think that really is what gives rise to the challenges because um, you know, I think the the overall capital value of these giga projects is somewhere in excess of a trillion dollars by 2030. There's already been hundreds of billions of dollars of contracts awarded, and we are seeing you know individual contracts, you know, sort of 80, 100 billion dollar contracts being awarded. 
Now, it's just the scale and complexity of those projects and the speed at which they are being procured is what I think gives rise to a lot of these challenges. Um, a lot of them are unique, first-of-the-kind types of projects. So you are trying to um, implement designs that have never been seen before in the world. And one project on its own is hugely challenging, but when you have multiple projects taking place at the same time, it really becomes exponentially difficult because then you're getting different projects competing for resources, competing for um, people, and you're also having a lot of these designs that are really being rushed to market now, you know, in any construction project, an incomplete design is going to cause problems when the project is so complex and it's being forced through at speed, though those challenges just become even greater. Paul mentioned the legal framework was changing and the this, Dean, you touched on the speed of all of this. What are the biggest reforms that have taken place to make Saudi Arabia more attractive for investors and businesses for these projects? Yeah, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is a unique jurisdiction. Um, it announced um, on the 19th of June 2023 and was published in the official gazette, the new civil transactions law. So this new law, which has seven chapters, 720 articles, is one of the largest legislative um, issuances in KSA's history. It's a significant milestone for KSA, as prior to this new law, Islamic law, Sharia, derived uh, mainly from the principles of the Holy Quran, which has governed uh, contracts and which has been applied by the courts in KSA. So this new civil transactions law is definitely a major shift for KSA, and it's underpinned by its Vision 2030, with the aim to attract major investment to the country at a time when KSA is also in parallel rolling out its regional headquarters programme. This regional headquarters programme also seeks to attract multinational companies operating in the Middle East and North Africa region to establish their regional headquarters in KSA. So this new civil transactions law has retrospective effect and will apply in almost all cases to contracts signed prior to 16th of December 2023. And this law will cover uh, the party's obligations for matters that are covered by the law, including risk allocation to the extent it does not contradict such contracts taking into account their nature and the conditions and exceptions for each of them. So um, this is a major sea change and this should give comfort to many investors and companies looking to do business in KSA. I don't know if you've got anything else to add there, Dean? Only to say I think it's indicative of the, the pace of change and the efforts that are really going in to make Saudi more attractive to international companies and businesses. Um, so those of us familiar with practicing in the region will know, you know, the, the previous laws were, were reasonably well understood by those of us at, you know, who, who are used to practicing in the region, but it was very difficult for international parties to understand those laws because they weren't written down in a codified format. So as, as Paul, as you say, this will make a, a, a big change, but I think it's just one of the many steps 
um, that the kingdom is taking. And I think we expect to see, you know, that sort of pace of change continue in the legislative framework um, moving forwards. Thank you for that. Should we move on to the question of disputes? You've described these incredible projects and the complexities around them. Uh, so inevitably, there will be disputes, possibly to lots of them and possibly some very large ones. How are and how will construction and engineering disputes typically be resolved in Saudi Arabia? Thank you for that question, James. Saudi Arabia has an arbitration law and it will govern arbitral procedures where arbitrations are seated in KSA. The parties are generally permitted to choose the governing law of their contracts, and we typically see contracts being let, particularly those by the government and the PIF development companies, which are governed by Saudi law. And again, um, that's what we tend to see. It's probably more of an exception uh, than the general rule when we see contracts which are governed by English law, etc. But on the whole, a lot of the giga projects, um, the substantive law will be the laws of Saudi Arabia. Again, just to kind of add to that, um, many of the contracts that we see in the region are bilingual. So they're drafted in English and Arabic, with the Arabic text will be the ruling language and it will prevail in the event there's a conflict between the English language and um, the Arabic text. So therefore, many investors and businesses looking to do business, particularly on the giga projects, um, will have to be familiar with some of those concepts. Again, in the early days, some of the disputes would have been resolved by the local courts or the board of grievances. However, there has been a a sea change where we are starting to see the parties select and adopt arbitration to resolve their disputes. And on the 1st of May 2023, the Saudi Centre for Commercial Arbitration announced the publication of its revised arbitration rules. So this is um, obviously a positive step in KSA that in the event there are disputes, these will be resolved by arbitration. So um, again, a promising sign, and this should give a degree of comfort to investors and businesses alike looking to invest and do business in KSA. I think what's very interesting about the SCCA, so the Saudi Centre for Commercial Arbitration, is it seems it was developed in response for the recognised need to have that international arbitration forum uh, within the kingdom to to resolve the disputes that we've been talking about arising out of these these gigabit projects and, and other issues. Now it was first came into effect in 2016, but has had several reissuances of the rules since then. And I think if you look at their most recent rules, they are extremely modern and forward thinking and very robust. And so there really is a, a huge commitment, I think, in terms of really developing that international best practice and actually trying to be a thought leader and pushing things forward to the extent that not only is the SCCA focused on the, you know, the, the disputes that are expected to come out of the kingdom, but it is really working very hard to position itself as a regional, um, the, sort of the leading regional arbitration centre. And certainly from my perspective, I think with the investment and the effort they're putting into that, um, 
you know, the, the other arbitration centres in Dubai and elsewhere in the region, I think will be looking very closely at what they are doing um, because, you know, if they continue on this on this um, path that they, they have, I think, you know, other people, you know, parties in other parts of the region really will be looking at them seriously as a viable alternative to some of the more established arbitration centres. In addition to those changes on the arbitration front, are the two of you seeing any other ADR developments in the area that you, uh, or the trends that you expect to develop over the next few years? It, it's a good question. I, I think from my perspective, we are not yet seeing ADR and mediation and practice in the disputes that are, are already live in the kingdom. But I think we do see a big push um, for mediation in particular. So there is a draft mediation law um, that's being consulted on at the moment. I think the SCCA has developed its own mediation rules. And I think there is a recognition that um, given the pace of change and the volume of projects, you know, it is just not going to be realistic to have all of these disputes and, it, and it's not going to be conducive to the success of these projects to have all of these disputes being pushed through the court system or even arbitration. So I think in, in the coming years, I, I think we will see a big push for mediation. Um, it, it's also interesting in the region more widely, mediation has, has historically been very rare, but we are now over the last, I'd say three or four years, starting to see a lot more parties, including government entities, actually resorting to mediation. So I think we expect to see that trend continued in Saudi Arabia and, and as with many things, probably picked up and actually taken quite a few steps further. Paul, I, I don't know if you're seeing any provision for that in the contracts that you're drafting. I think, like you said, Dean, it's probably early days, but I imagine in the future, as some of these projects get underway, some of the early contracts, um, the parties will start to consider alternative, alternative dispute resolution. Um, as a means to resolve disputes early on, and that can be a case of mediation and, and as James mentioned earlier on, uh, expert determination um, as a means to unlock particularly technical disputes or where there can be discrete issues in order to um, amica amicably resolve disputes between the parties, particularly on these large mega projects. To what extent are these contracts being awarded on the basis of model forms or, or using a standard template? And if they are, do you think, even though I presume there's no sort of binding um, precedent that will come out of the disputes, but to what extent do you think over time provisions that are being used in any model forms might, might acquire a, a recognised meaning, which may or may not help mitigate the number of disputes? Yeah, I was going to say... Um... In terms of standard forms, particularly in the Middle East, and Saudi Arabia is no exception, they tend to use the FIDIC forms. Again, tend to um, use the FIDIC 99 forms. The FIDIC 2017 hasn't really been adopted. What tends to happen is a party may use the FIDIC 99 forms. That may be the red book, the yellow book, the green book. And then it's modified, including some of the provisions that you may frequently see in the FIDIC 2017 forms. But again, um, there is no standard approach. So you may see one government department adopt and amend the FIDIC form of contract in a certain way. Then it may be used and modified differently by another department. But uh, 
terms of standard forms, it, it is predominantly Fiddick. We, we don't see other forms like JCT or NEC, even on like the uh, processing engineering forms like ICME or MF1 forms. Again, um, they don't get used. It tends to be the Fiddick red book, silver book, yellow book and green book. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you to Dean and thank you to Paul for um, what I think was a really fascinating and, and in some respects quite novel overview and, and, and new description of what's going on. And we expect to hear lots more about these projects going forward. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Our next session will be posted in a few weeks. Benton's is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice and you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Please see Dentons.com for legal notices. Mm-hmm.